Good morning, Judith. Good morning, Sonia. Welcome to the Coach's Cup. I'm Sonia Green from SoniaGreenCoaching.com. <laughs> and I'm Judith Bender. I'm one of the amazing coaches with the No BS Weight Loss Program. And you look amazing in pink. For those who, who are listening to us, <laughs> uh, Judith has on just an amazing dress this morning so Thank she looks you. let lovely. me step back yes yeah me. look at that um, it's gorgeous yeah, and I, i'm experimenting with the fake tanner please this is not real sun on me when you come yeah. if you see this well you're you're lovely and dark complected anyway so against my paleness it all, you always look dark <laughs> i matched the wall back here that's sort of my goal going for that golden look so this morning we have a topic you know, sometimes we preach to ourselves as much as we preach <laughs> to our audience. And this is one that is relevant, I think, for everybody. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we're calling it um, staying in our own lane. But, you know, when when I was growing up, my mom would tell me, she'd say, you need to mind your own business. <laughs> for real. <laughs> Mama had it right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and people also, you know, it's, it's also boundaries. So the, it's a very broad topic we're talking about today. Um, but it's relevant, I think, for all of us on different levels, because we're in relationships with people all the time. All the time. And, you know, Sonia, we could even take it one step further. The, the most important relationship, right, of course, is the relationship with ourselves. Yes. The bottom line, how we're showing up first for ourselves, the benefits boundaries are going to have for us and the relationships we have. Yeah. With other people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And when we were, um, when I was doing some research before, before we started, um, once we started talking about this topic, I found um, that minding your own business or staying in your own lane is a concept found in the Bible, which I knew, but also in the Quran. So it's interesting that, you know, mm -hmm. it has that breadth enough that both the Quran and the Bible mention how it, we need to stay in our own lane. I, I love it so much. I'm going to go out on a limb, like thought work, <laughs> exactly. thought the foundation, right? It's been around. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a principle that's been around for forever. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're gonna talk about some reasons why. And and I guess what prompted this um is just seeing in in our coaching people who have trouble in their relationships. Right. And having and, go ahead. I, I was gonna say, and and many people are of the mindset that throwing down a boundary is going to be, you know, you're going to tell somebody what to do and right. they're going to do it. And if they don't do it, then you're going to break bad on them and, you know, yada, 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 et cetera, that you're, you're really that even that way of thinking puts the power back into that person's hands. Yes. When reality, the boundary, when you set a boundary with someone in a relationship with yourself, whatever it may be, you are taking full ownership and taking your power completely back. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I think, 
I think we talked about this a few weeks ago. I don't remember for sure, but when we were talking about people pleasing, it's probably been Mm -hmm. longer than that. But, you know, other people don't even have to know about your boundary. You can have a boundary with a person and they never know it exists because it's all for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, but yeah, I mean, because many times we are tempted to get into other people's business to uh, try in, in a helpful way. We mm-hmm. want to make life better for them. I know with, with my kids, my adult children, there have been times when mm. they were making a decision mm-hmm. and I wanted to save them mm-hmm. because of my own experience. I knew, or I thought I knew, mm. I never know for sure, but I think I know what's best. And so, you know, not inserting myself into their lives. Sonia, that is, I mean, that is the work right there for every parent. Yeah. Every parent and how staying in your own lane, letting, letting your kids, our kids, same, um, I have adult children as well, letting them have their, uh, their moments in life, their learning opportunities, their experiences. Yeah. And, um, being the, uh, what do we call that when we, uh, the consultant parent, (laughs) (laughs) not the helicopter parent, (laughs) you know, do you know, have you heard the new term? It's the, the smother. Mm. This is, this is a new one for me. And of course this is near and dear to my heart because I am in, um, a, a university professor and I deal with, Oh yeah. I now deal with parents. I, 15 years ago, I never dealt with a parent, but now it's a very common thing. And so, yeah, I mean, it, I love the way you said it. It's an opportunity for them to discover their own ways of coping. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, so we want to, we want to give you talk about some reasons about why this is a benefit to you to set boundaries, to mind your own business to stay in your own lane, whatever it is, it really is a benefit for you. Mm-hmm. And the first one is, uh, you know, I've mentioned this before. This is one of my personal favorites. It saves our emotional energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How much emotional, and this is, I guess, especially important when you think about it in terms of children, how much emotional energy do you spend on other people's problems. Right. Uh, Just what comes to my mind when you say that is worry. Yes. Like that, that worry wart syndrome where we just go over and over, you know, we're thinking that worrying about somebody else's problem when there isn't anything we can do. We can just love them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And that's, that's where the real gift is anyway. Right. And loving them. Mm -hmm. And If you, this is going to be closely tied to the next point, but if you aren't spending that emotional energy on your own, I mean, on their issues, you can use that on your own goals. Yes. Yes. How much more energy do you have to focus on your own goals and your own thought work, your own work on yourself, if you're not focusing it outward on them? Sonia, this ties right back into what you were saying about your, uh, you know, your, our adult children, your college students you work with Mm -hmm. and how many moms have been, you know, 
raising their children, been right there, done all the things, been present for, for the kids and done everything. And when they have that empty nest moment and they don't see this as the opportunity, right? Because they still are so entwined in, in the relationship and in, in, in an, I don't want to call it unhealthy way, but a limiting way, maybe yeah. that they can't focus on and see the opportunity for them themselves of where they're at in life. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think, um, I do think it's because they, you know, <laughs> we have too much spare time at our, and we have so many modern conveniences now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, we can go to Kroger to buy our food. We can, you know, there's just so many modern conveniences. We have a lot more time. And so 50 years ago, this issue of empty nest wasn't even a concept. This is a new concept because we have more time now when our children are gone. What are we going to do with our own lives? How are we going to fill our own cups? That's not something that women, I, I, I can't speak for men, but for women, that's not something we've had experience doing maybe. Culturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not, don't hear me in a blaming voice, but um, we, it, it just takes some time to learn to turn that energy we've been putting sometimes mm-hmm. into raising our children into something to fill our own cups. 100%. Yeah. 100%. So having that, having a boundary for yourself and what letting your children go off and do their adult, young adult thing. And you do your thing, keeping your energy focused. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even if they fall on their face, they'll get back up. They will. (laughs) Yes, they will. (laughs) (laughs) We did it. They'll do it. It's all good. Yes. Um, And you know, nobody multitasks well. Mm. Uh, It's impossible, right? uh, That's what they say. I still try. No, 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 no. We all try. try to multitask, but, um, there's just so much research. The more we get into thought work, of course, leads to brain work. And we're, you know, getting the information from all conduits, if you will. And I, I see it at least twice a day. Yeah. You cannot, the brain cannot multitask. Period. No, no. So either we're focused on other people's issues or we're focused on our own. It's mm-hmm. not going to be, it's an either or folks. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. just going to be scattered and, and frustrated. Frustrated. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the other benefit or another benefit, not the other, but is that it prompts us, um, it prompts others to follow our examples mm-hmm. when they see us focusing on our own lives, staying out of other people's business, just moving forward, you know, scooting along in our own path then it prompts them to follow our example. And so, oh, go ahead. No, no. I I was thinking of, I have a a dear friend, Patty, who I've admired for many years. She's a, (laughs) she's not a carpenter by trade, but she grew up her mother. Literally, she watched her mother build a house. Right. And she Uh helped like the kids like were there because you know, mom was the stay-at-home mom and mom built the house while dad went and worked to work. Like, this is a true story. Yeah. So I've always admired her work ethic. And so what I heard there, like, I would always ask Patty, cause I admired her, you know, like she's someone I look up to. And 
I'm like, Addie, how do you get all this stuff done? How do you do this? And she's like, well, I just peck, 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 peck. I just keep going. Like her impact on me by mm-hmm. seeing her continuous steadiness of just following through, just following through, staying in her lane, doing her thing. And she does stay in her lane. Let me tell mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're busy like that, you don't have time to get in anybody else's line, right? Right. right. If yeah. you're focused on your own things, and that's what, um, that's the other half of this. When other people are following our example, we have increased our impact in the world, which is the reason most people want to get in somebody else's business in the first place. Right. Right. Good point. Yep. Yeah. So ironically, those who spend their time trying to have an impact in other people's lives by being in it are going to have less impact generally or less positive impact. Let's, let me clarify that. Well, it's that whole thing too. Like I just said to, I was coaching a client the other day, reminding her, you know, she has middle-aged teen children. And I was like, you know, at this point, they really, really are watching what you do, not what you say, because she wanted to say these things. Right. And I was really emphasizing that it doesn't have to be spoken. It can be, um, the, you know, what you're doing and how you're showing up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a tough one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know. If only they would just listen and not watch, wouldn't life be easier? (laughs) Well, I don't know. I was thinking just the opposite because sometimes to me, it's easier no, I'm, I'm joking. Say. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I'm joking. But, you know, so many times we want people to just listen to us instead of. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mom always tells the story. Um, when I was little, she's always uh, sewn and she would be I mean, I have some of my earliest memories are her sitting at her sewing machine and she would always put pins in her mouth, you know, mm-hmm. to hold them as she was. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And so she would give me material. The first thing I did was put pins in my mouth. And she said at that moment, it, you know, she realized how I was watching everything she did. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just, I thought that's what you were supposed to do. Cause that's what yeah. she did. So anyway, so cute. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, the big reason yeah. is it improves our relationship with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And you kind of alluded to that already. Mm-hmm. Being in integrity, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Being in integrity with yourself is everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I just, um, I have started reading The Way of Integrity by Martha Beck. And I hope that in sometime down the road, we can talk about that because yeah. just, so many things come together when we really realize our values Mm. and live into those. You know, oh, it's so interesting to have this conversation that it, it, it it is not lost on me. Like you, I I went down the Brene Brown route. Uh And so she was talking about integrity and she had the acronym big B I G Mm -hmm. boundaries. Um, Boundaries are to, to help you be in integrity with yourself and to be generous with yourself. And when, when you're generous with yourself, then you're generous with others. you you see others in a kind way. And then yeah. that it's in, it's infinite in that it gives, it keeps giving when you are in integrity with yourself. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that idea of 
you know, focusing in because so many times I think, and this is going to be really closely connected to the, to the last point, but so many times we have this idea that if we focus on ourselves, we're being selfish. Mm -hmm. I think especially women do. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not, that's not the case at all. We have so much more to give when we can set those boundaries Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just, it increases everything. It, it increases. She went on to say um, that she was talking about, uh, again, this is Brene about compassion being rooted in love and goodness, mm-hmm. like this whole full circle thing of why setting a boundary and the in, being in integrity, right? Because if you value kindness and goodness and then, and compassion and how this keeps giving and that empathy brings compassion alive. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? Yeah. It's so, because if you're, if you're with someone and you are witnessing their experience and, you know, believing that we're all deeply rooted and connected in on this earth and love them, then the compassion you can offer but you can still have the boundary for yourself. You don't have to, you're not absorbing their energy or going right. down the dark route. You're, you're witnessing because what human brain hasn't been in, in whatever circumstance they're, they are thinking Yeah. the thoughts, yeah. the dark thoughts, the problems we've all been there. We're all just figuring it out. You know, I think about this um, and, and I hadn't thought about this until you just brought that up, but when, when someone loses someone important to them Mm. and we've talked about, we talked about this, um, several weeks ago, uh, when you were talking about your mom, but people have, people are so uncomfortable with how to deal with other people's loss. Mm. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, especially in our culture, we don't handle it well. We don't let people we don't allow people to grieve. We, we are uncomfortable with other people's grief. So we mm. want to cover that up. Mm. And I think this is a time when we really need to stay in our own lane. Um, I'll just go ahead and say the last point was it, it in, increases our or improves our relationship with other people. But if we allow somebody to stay in their own lane, then we're not going to absorb Mm -hmm. feelings we're not going to try to cover them up we're not going to feel uncomfortable we are going to have a boundary there but that boundary is going to allow them to grieve however they want to grieve yes yes and we're just there for them and that is compassion that is empathy Mm -hmm. um and so many times we try to stop it because it makes us uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I could talk on for days about this. So this is not going to be a podcast about death, but I do. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. It just, no, 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 no. Me when you were saying that, mm-hmm. um, you know, part of, part of my journey with my mom is I lost a s- sister. She lost a daughter um, back in 2000. She was young. She was, I guess she was 45, 48 wow. from cancer. And, um, and the grief that my mom went through and the witnessing, like it never went away and it made some people in my family uncomfortable. Yeah. They couldn't handle it. And there were times I'm going to be honest where I was like, 
you know, she wanted to talk about her all the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and I'm like, I'm hello, I'm alive here. You know, (laughs) what about me? Um, but that was, you know, my, uh, my habit brain, my ego, right. Wanting to step in, but, but the compassionate heart, when I dipped into compassion, especially now being a mother that just allowing my mom that space to, um, just, she just wanted to talk about her. Yeah. And just, just let it be, let her do it. And it was, then it became not a problem for me when I let go of wanting her to change just wasn't a problem. Yeah. And you know, you were making it mean something different, right? Mm-hmm. You were making it wanted to go there. Yeah. yeah. My child brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I think about um, a friend of mine who who lost her father very suddenly in a car accident um, about 11 years, 10 or 11 years ago. And people were uncomfortable with the length of time it took her to process the loss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Other people, and I remember people saying, you know, shouldn't she be over? I mean, shouldn't she be over this mm-hmm. this part of the grief by now? Is this normal? Is she okay? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's, there's just no magic formula and we don't have to fix it. Yeah. If we're staying in our own lane, then it shouldn't bother us because we're not trying to fix it. Mm -hmm. We're just being compassionate. We're just being empathetic, listening as long as it takes. Well, as long as we're talking about grief here, I'm just going to offer David Kessler, um, who got with, uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, you know, she wrote the five stages of grief. Um, David Kessler worked with her, came to her on the sixth, sixth stage of grief, which is now, um, finding purpose and meaning in the loss. Mm -hmm. But he has a quote that empathy or, um, grief must be witnessed. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, that just plays into what you and I both are saying that when we show up and we're empathetic and we witness from a place of compassion, love that, you know, that we are just allowing people to the space to grieve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I really, I didn't want to turn it that way. That was, yeah, wasn't my intention. <laughs> we're just going the moment here. <laughs> I know it just, it, it really made me think about that, but you know, replace grief with any other emotion that you're feeling. Maybe it's fear. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, you know, there's so many different things that I think we're uncomfortable with as a culture. So we try to fix them. And that's why we get in other people's lanes to begin with. Yeah. It's not yeah. because, you know, it's, it's not because we're bad people. Yeah. It's because yeah. we think this is the caring thing to do. That's a really good point. Uh, like get it's like getting in their car and trying to drive it yeah like let me take the wheel for a while you don't know what to do like when when you're when your 16 year old gets behind (laughs) the wheel and you're pushing that imaginary brake in the floorboard (laughs) right (laughs) yeah oh that's a whole nother story I rode with my with my daughter yesterday yeah my word well maybe not 16 maybe 20 yeah yeah but yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, 
it's tempting to do it. We are tempted to do it. But if we back up and we think about all of these benefits, mm-hmm. to just focusing on our own goals, our own business, knowing that our impact in the world is going to be compounded. Mm-hmm. Infinite. Again, that I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just yeah. going to jump in. Like, however you want to look at it, compounded or infinite, because it just keeps giving. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this week, we urge you to take a look at places where maybe you're focusing on somebody else's business. You're in their <laughs> business, you're in their lane. Mm-hmm. And really examine that. Why are you there? And what benefit could you get and what benefit could they get from you pulling back, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. focusing on your own goals, right? If it's, if it's your adult children, you know, how, you know, they're taking more responsibility they're making decisions for themselves. If it's in their careers, um, staying, pulling back, letting them making their own choices and, um, and you carrying on with your life. No. And it's all, of course. Sonia, I know we've said it uh, a, a half a dozen times in here, but always with love, check in with yourself. Yeah. What is that? What is your motivation? What is your, what is your why in creating a boundary? Yeah. And yeah. always, and when you make it from love, when you really examine and get down in there, it's love of self and love of others. It's kindness. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know, you were talking about Brene Brown earlier. Um, one of her golden rules that I try to live by is clarity is kindness. Mm-hmm. And so if you get really clear mm-hmm. with yourself <laughs> on what your boundaries are going to be, mm-hmm. then that is kindness to you. It is also kindness to those with whom you're in a relationship. And there's the secret of life right there. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Right. I know. I didn't even know you were getting that today. Anya out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You got anything else? Oh, no, just, I'm just really, I'm just appreciating just the opportunity to even talk about this and how our, how our conversations can just roll from one thing to another. It's, it's, it's always a pleasure to work with you, Sonia. It is. And it? it's yeah. a lot of fun, yeah. not, not to work with me to work with you. <laughs> <laughs> we have fun. We do. I have to, I have to kind of tell on you a little bit um, since we're having fun, but yesterday while you were riding with your daughter, you were Marco Poloing me and your eyes were fantastic she did something and you made a you made a just just this little look with your eyes and I was rolling on the floor I was laughing so hard I thought what what ride am I on in Disney World this cannot be happening it's true where's my steering wheel where's my steering wheel (laughs) where's my brakes I can't find them (laughs) oh me so it's it's work that we're still doing every day every day every day that's for sure (laughs) all right well I'm Sonia Green and if you are looking for a coach uh you can find me at soniagreencoaching.com and I am Judith Fender. Again, I'm one of the amazing coaches um, with the no BS weight problem problem. <laughs> weight 
program, a weight loss program. <laughs> <laughs> a little Freudian slip. Right, right, right. Um, I was actually scrolling. We have a new call that I was looking for uh, how to get people there directly, but I'm going for this purpose, this call, I'm going to say your easiest route would be to go to um, losing 100 pounds with Corinne Crabtree mm-hmm. and um, go from there and you will find all the links all the things all the things all the wonderfulness all right um if you love our our podcast as much as we do then please go to itunes or google podcasts and give us a five-star rating and we'd love a little review there um so that would be awesome until next week all right see ya Bye.